counts. She stopped to inhale. He looked at her. Like what? What? What should I be doing instead? She licked her lips. God damn it. Did he have to stand so close? Doing your job. This is my job. Following me isn't your job. She could feel the heat mounting her neck with her anger. Oh, to hell with it. Speeding isn't why you stopped me, and you know it. You're harassing me. There was a pause, as if she'd broken some obscure rule in their game. The wind whipped icy snow against her car, making the vehicle sway. He didn't even flinch, steady as a granite monument to male stubbornness. That right. You know, you don't have to take this route every month when you drive up from Minneapolis. His voice was terribly gentle. She had a flash of him straight-armed over her, his mouth wet, his voice a gravel whisper as he'd murmured, like that, and shoved inside of her, quick and hard and confident. One night, one night last August, she'd let him in. It'd been hot and muggy, and her uncle's cabin hadn't had any air conditioning. She'd booked a room at the Coot Lake Inn, and then gone to the only bar in town to have a cold beer. Sam had been there, looking way too sexy in faded jeans and a t-shirt so thin she could see the outline of his nipples when the condensation on his beer bottle had dripped on his chest. He'd bought her another beer and flirted, and she'd thought, why not? Why not just one night? So she'd brought him back to her tacky motel room and let him undress her and kiss her, and make love to her. And in the morning, she'd woken with her heart already beating too fast in panic. She'd dressed without showering, grabbed her bags, and left him there, still asleep on his belly, his wide shoulders bare and erotic in the stark morning light. It'd been a mistake. One terrible, unforgettable mistake. She exhaled through her nose, glancing away from him, feeling suddenly sad and vulnerable. She hated that feeling. This route is the easiest way to my uncle's house. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't even bother to sound like he believed her, which was just insulting. And me being the cop on duty most of the time along this stretch of highway has nothing to do with it. Yes. She was going to chip a tooth if she ground down any harder. May. Mesa. Look, Just give me the goddamn ticket and I'll be on my way. She could see him shift his weight from one leg to the other out of the corner of her eye. Your brake light's out. She swung back. What? He nodded his head at the back of her car. Right rear. Mesa started to crane her neck to look before she realized how silly that was. Oh, I'll get it fixed. Appreciate that, he drawled. Did anyone else drawl in freaking Minnesota? But I'll have to cite you in the meantime. Oh, for God's sake, Sam. That got a gloved finger sliding his mirrored glasses down, just enough to see the flash of his electric blue eyes. Well now, glad to hear you remember my name. She didn't give herself time to think. Just slipped the knife between his ribs quick and nasty. Of course I remember Sam. It's not a big deal, you know. You were a good lay, but that's all you were.
For a moment, everything seemed to still along the stretch of lonely highway. The land was nearly flat here, rolling farmland broken by small clumps of trees. The wind was relentless, blowing across the prairie in winter. In order to survive it, those trees had to be tough, hardy, and tenacious. Maybe tenacious, most of all. Sam sighed and took off his glasses, and she thought obscurely that he'd never hide those eyes if he had any idea what the sight of them did to women. He was 33, but he had lines around his eyes as if he'd been squinting into the sun, like Clint Eastwood looking for the bad guys on the open plains. Except Sam had already found the bad guy and was too stupid or too bullheaded to know it. You practiced that in front of your bathroom mirror, didn't you? He said, flat. Of course she had. No way.